I do this for my culture, 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 culture. Welcome, welcome to For the Culture right here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you so much for checking in and riding with me this evening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So good to be back. Happy Monday, folks. There we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I missed you. I missed you, folks. I missed you, Baltimore. I really did. I really missed you guys. Um, tonight, we got a great show for you. Oh, my God. Where, where, where do we start? There's been so many things uh, as I was uh, took some time off with the family. So many things that have been happening in our city. And, you know, I get the notifications on my phone when news come up about Baltimore. And I was just like, wow. Man, we're going through it. We're going through it. But the shining light is, you know, there have been some great, some great um, things that people are doing around the city. I want to give a big shout out to everybody that came out and participated in the Father's Day walk that we had. Big shout out to Dr. Lamar Shields and Chauncey Whitehead, two phenomenal brothers. Brother David uh, Miller, so many. Cameron Miles, young brother Simba, uh, brother student minister Carlos Muhammad, um, Bishop John Bryant. I mean, there were just so many folks. Sister Mother Ernestine Shepherd, the, uh, the great sister, 85 years old, still lifting weights, still putting in work in the exercise space. Um, but we, yesterday, we had a phenomenal walk, a phenomenal uh, gathering where we walked. It's just a short, short distance, but it was just the fact of the energy of the walk. And so I want to give a big shout out to all the dads out there. And I was listening to Dr. Boyce Watkins on Sunday, yesterday, and he, he broke it down and he was like, the dads. The biological fathers, the coaches who play fathers, <laughs> you know, just going down the line. If you are a man and you are doing the work of cultivating, raising, helping to develop a young man or a young woman, a beautiful girl, a beautiful boy, and you know that role, you know, you know what fathers are supposed to do. I mean, we really don't have uncle's day happy uncle's day nobody says that i think we have a happy granddad's day or happy grandparents day but if you're working in that capacity you know you know the work that you're doing and most importantly you know the impact that you're making then yesterday was about you yesterday was really really about you and i and i appreciate the fact now here's what i don't appreciate dre on mother's day you can't find a restaurant reservation, right? You gotta, you, really, you, you, people say, well, it's a week in advance. You need to do that at least, at least two and a half weeks, three weeks. You know what I mean? If you care, if you care. If you, you know, you like, I'm gonna save up. I'm gonna take mom out. I'm gonna do it real big for her on Mother's Day. On Father's Day, you can find a reservation. <laughs> Oh, 
on Father's Day, you can find um, a reservation. And so I thought that that is, I thought that was, I always think that's interesting. Like, man, they don't give no loves to fathers, man. How come we don't fill up? My my wife told me, well, because Father's Day, most people do cookouts. Is that what it is? Most people do cookouts? I don't want no damn burger, man. (laughs) I just don't want no burger, man. Take me out to dinner. I want a man meal. Man, burgers are for children. I want a man meal. I want a plate and fork. I want three courses. You know what I'm saying? I want the appetizer, the entree, and the dessert. I don't want, I don't want a burger and fries to go along with my socks and ties. <laughs> oh, man. That's how they treat us, though. That's how they treat fathers, you know what I mean? They take us out. They be like, oh, yeah, we're going to get moms. Moms get everything. And that's cool because I understand it. I love moms. You know what I'm saying? I, man, please, I understand it. To all the moms out there, this is no shade on you. I'm just advocating that fathers get more than a burger and fries. That's all I'm saying. Is that too much to ask for? That's all I'm saying. And and, and fathers, don't worry. I mean, please, don't don't. You can push the boundaries a little bit. You can be like, take the socks and ties. Take it. But you don't have to put up with burgers and fries. <laughs> but no, yesterday was awesome. Yesterday was great. Big shout out to my wife who took me and my dad out. So it was like, um, hey, Dre, can we be, I, I don't want to say his name on the air. So, you know, if you know my dad, you know my dad. But, you know, I mean, she, 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 she treated both of us. So big shout out to her. For, for that cross-generational love for fatherhood, man. Um, but, yeah, so Father's Day happened. And I know that many people were celebrating Juneteenth. Juneteenth. So, Dre, we can give it up. We can, we can at least uh, talk about Here's why. Here's why I think it's important. We can do a little. Yeah. Here's why. I know that there are still big conversations about Juneteenth. I know people are saying, you know, should we... Uh, celebrated and all of that stuff. Um, but the, the 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 thing about Juneteenth, here's the big thing about Juneteenth. It gets it gets the conversation going and it gives us an opportunity to talk about history. Because your children may not know the importance or understand what happened in that moment of Juneteenth. I'm telling you, I was listening I was listening to Dr. Boyce Watkins, and um, he was talking about some things that Dr. Claude Anderson had brought up about what Juneteenth really means, what the significance, like what really happened in that time, you know, in that part of our history. And so at least the conversation is not just a big party, a big celebration. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us. To, to, to at least look at our history. And in, in this day and time where we have a certain level of hyper-blackness, it's a great opportunity for us to at least say, all right, what really happened? Why is this moment so significant? Um, you know, who gained from it? Was it black people who were enslaved or was it the North versus the South? I mean, we can look into all of those, all of those factors, but... That's the that's the big thing that I gained from that I that I think that is important about it. Now, I think there are some there are, there are some some big questions that are still looming about Juneteenth. And one of my big questions is, okay, we can sign that moment into a national federal holiday, but how much are we going to put behind? Creating uh, to add some steam and momentum around this reparations commission. How much are we going to uh, put behind um, adding some, some real meat to the George Floyd Justice for Policing Act? I mean, we could talk about that moment, but when you still have systemic racism, systemic slavery that exists, sure, we're not in shackles anymore, right? We're out of the chattel slavery phase. But what about, what about the shackles of home loans, 
the shackles of 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 schools, the shackles of the uh, criminal justice system. I mean, all of those things. I think all of those things. So it's just it's just you know. Let's have those conversations. Again, I see, I see it. I mean, it's no, no problem that if we want to talk about the celebration of, of what has happened. But make sure we celebrate it with the right history. And most importantly, we share that information with the next generation so that way they can become informed uh, and, 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 and understand the importance of it. Okay? So that's, that's what I just saw. That's, what, that's just a couple of things that came on my mind. That I think that that we need to um, we need to definitely keep in mind as we talk about those two big issues. All right, so tonight, folks, here's where I here's where I am with things. Tonight, I wanted to talk about something that my sister, Dr. K, kicked off the conversation about, which is this big con- this big report about black drivers in Baltimore County, and the imp- and, and and really look into this. Why this is happening in the county. Now, I know a lot of black people are living in Baltimore County. There are actually more black people that live in Baltimore County than they are in Baltimore City. And more, and as you're talking about that number of black people, now, when you look at the number, according to this report, 60% of Baltimore County is white. And about 13%, no, about 30%, uh, well, let me make sure I'm looking at this correctly. 60% is white. And according to this report, 30% of black Baltimore, of Baltimore County are black residents. So if that's the case, we really do have to look at this situation, especially when you have, and I've done, um, I've had the opportunity to moderate um, conversations with the Baltimore County Public Library System and Baltimore County Public uh, Police Department. We've had uh, the, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Johnny O, Mr. Johnny Oshesky, the county executive on the show. I mean, we've had conversations about policing and what is happening about improving the quality of life for black folks in Baltimore County. But I think... I think this report speaks to something that we already know has been happening. We have a different view. When you drive in Baltimore County, when you interact with police in Baltimore County, I know that for me, I have a different, there, there is a certain view. And if you grew up in Baltimore City and, and, or you grew up in Baltimore County, you have a view of law enforcement in those respective areas right and so i want us to look into what is going on with this report and more importantly what should we move forward with how should we use this report not just to talk about the numbers because i know that's a tendency that many people have you know you want to talk about the numbers the numbers the numbers and numbers depending on who you are i mean some for some people that's a sticking point but for others it's just data you know, most people speak about issues from their personal experience. They don't care nothing about data. I, I know I know we some of us are in that data space and we're thinking that like, oh, if you put the numbers out, you talk to people from their experience, through their experience, about their experience. And that's how you start to have real communication if you can't if you can't talk to people uh uh to their experience then you're not you're not going to be hurt so so when we're looking at this i know that for many folks you got to ask yourself the question has this been happening and 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 how do you prepare for it and most importantly how should the county respond so let's let's start this conversation right there Let's start this conversation. If you did not know, there was a report that was conducted of, of, of the drivers in Baltimore. And according to this new report, they found that black drivers in Baltimore County are stopped, cited, 
arrested at higher rates than any other ethnicity. According to this report that this is coming from the Baltimore Sun started, you know, talked about this and uh, we want to continue it. Dr. K talking about it. We want to continue it. And I want to hear your thoughts on it as well. But according to the report, more than half of all drivers pulled over. They searched, they cited and arrested last year by Baltimore County. Police were black. Police pulled over vehicles 31,000 times last year during the COVID-19 pandemic, which was a substantial decrease from nearly 83,000 traffic stops in 2019. As I mentioned, black folks represent 30% of the Baltimore County population, but we are involved in 58% of all vehicle stops in 2020, while white drivers, who make up about 60% of the county's population, accounted for just over 31% of traffic stops last year. And this is according, based on the county's traffic dashboard. This is based on their information. This is not somebody else. This is, this is from Baltimore County Police traffic stop dashboard. And this was a report that was uh, presented to Baltimore County's Equitable Policing Advisory Group. And this is a new group um, that is looking to address racial disparity. And it's a, a work group that was formed by uh, County Executive Mr. Johnny Oshesky Jr., and they're looking at traffic stops, practices, and issue recommendations. Here's the question, because we, we, I want to I kind of navigate through all this, and I want you to join me in the phone lines, 410-319-8888. When these reports come out like this, folks, I want you to keep this in mind. When these reports like this come out, we have a couple of options on how to use the information. The information can either be used to have a philosophical conversation, a data-rich conversation, or they can be used as an empowering tool to lead to some sort of action. That's what happens with information, right? You can use information to just know, or you can use information to power. So it's not just knowing, it's taking what you know and putting it to use to create action and power. Okay? There's a difference. Because some of us just like to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of us really just like to know stuff. So when it comes up in the discussion, we can be like, oh, did you hear? But then there are other of, there's, there's others of us who would rather, like, say, okay, I'm knowing this stuff. Now, what do I do with this information? How do I make sure that this information is going to help me? Now, look, check this out. According to Mr. Oshesky, he said that the data would, he hoped would, the data would inform the ongoing work of the advisory group to support sustained progress on this issue. So they're looking at, in Baltimore County, they're looking at taking the conversation of policing and expanding the conversation from just talking about everything from stop and frisk, but they're looking at talking about things like traffic, quote unquote, driving while black, because that also has an impact on you as well. Now, just as much as we talk about some of these national things, right, uh, these national cases about drivers, black drivers and white officers and, and that the interactions there, there has to be... Um, a look, we have to really take a look at what's happening here locally. Locally. And what I think that this report does is it, it gives us a just, and I would say in some cases, a confirmation of some things, right? Now, again, this might not be your experience, and I respect that, and I'm glad that it's not your experience, but I know from my experience, it is a part of my experience. I've been stopped in Baltimore County. 
I've been stopped in Baltimore County more. If I can, if, I, if I'm, if I'm thinking it through, I think it's more than I have in Baltimore City. But that may not be your experience. Let's talk to. Let's get a couple of call in before we take our next pause. Four one zero three one nine, eighty eight eighty eight. Kevin. Hey, what's up, Farage? Kevin, how you feeling, brother? I'm all right, man. But see another one. Hey, how about that, brother? How about that? So, Kevin. What's your take on on, on this information about Baltimore County drivers, but driving while black in Baltimore County? Yeah, I, I got a question. Um, what's the age demographic of those being pulled over? You said what's the what? What's the oh, yeah, oh, oh the oh. age demographic? Yeah, what's the age demographic on on these those that are being pulled over out there? Uh, that's, that's a good question. question. That's a good question. Um, because, you know, I'm sure that they'll say, which I'm sure it is true, that, you know, the city bleeds over into Baltimore County. You know, those guys, I mean, you know, those people, they go back and forth. So Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. It's a tricky thing because, you know, I mean, you can't just target black people just because, you know, even if they say, well, black people make up most of the crowd, you can't just, you know, stop and frisk basically what they're doing, find the reason to pull you over to check you out. But I don't um I don't really delve too much into Camp Baltimore County. I'm more so I, I delve into Anne Arundel County and just more or less because of the kind of car I drive I get pulled over more out there. Um and it's always some crazy excuse. I've been told if my tags it belongs on my car. Uh it belonged on to another car. I mean I you know, all kinds of crazy Stuff. Right. So, that would be my, my main question. Um, like I said, you know, the age demographic, just because of the climate that, was, that we have here in the city, I'm sure a lot of those ailments lead out to, to the county, you know. No, I think that's an excellent question, Kevin, and I appreciate you, brother, and, and for, for bringing that up. And I think that does, does, that does play into how this whole situation plays out. Um, what is the age demographic? Uh, that's a good question. Really, really is a good question. Look, I got to take a quick pause when we come back. Let's talk a little bit more about this situation. I just want to get your thoughts on it. You know, if you live in Baltimore County, have you found this to be the case? Again, that, and even if you haven't found this to be the case, you know, is it hard for you to connect to this type of data? Or, or you know, what's your reaction to a situation where you have a police force in Baltimore County that is, um, it seems to be profiling black drivers a lot more than white or Latino Hispanic drivers. We're profiled again. What's the basis of the profile? Is it based upon our skin? Is it based upon the cars that we drive? Is it based upon the speed? Is it, is it legitimate traffic stops? I'm going to share with you a little bit more of what this data has to say. And and you 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 make your own judgments around it. All right, so join me in a conversation. 410-319-8888. And, of course, stay riding with us. we got a whole lot to get to in the second 30 of For the Culture here on WEAA. I do this for my Peace and welcome back to For the Culture right here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely, the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you for checking in and riding with me this evening. Folks, we're talking about a news report that has come out of Baltimore County stating that black drivers are arrested, are cited, are pulled over way more than white drivers in Baltimore County. How much more? We make up 58% of the traffic stops in Baltimore County, even though we only represent 30% of the county's population, whereas white people, white residents of the county, make up 60% of the, of the county's um, population. But very, very small number of traffic stops. And I, I want us to get, you know, get your take on this, folks, to see, 
you know, how do you interpret this, especially if you live in Baltimore County, especially if you live with Baltimore County? And then what, what do we do to take this information to create some action? Now, Mr. Johnny Oshesky, the county executive for Baltimore County, he has said that, you know, he's looking to use this information to inform the residents of the county, but then also to, 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 to bring to light some things about the work that needs to be done and it is starting to be done in changing some of the policing practices of Baltimore County. But then there has to be a community component of it. First, I hear, here's one of my, my, my ideas for, for folks. Uh, even though we live in Baltimore City and Baltimore County, there is a geographical boundary. I think that power come in numbers. So the power of us seeing ourselves as one community, right, regardless, I mean, because most of us, if you live in Baltimore City, you grew up in Baltimore City, you know Baltimore County is just like a hop, skip, and jump away, depending, especially depending on where you live. It's really, you know, it's, it's, it, it should be like the Baltimore, Baltimore City and Baltimore County are like Baltimore Metro because there's so many people that have, either live in the city, work in the county, or vice versa, right? But our lives are so intermingled. And it may not be that in the government side, which I understand, but I'm saying culturally and even geographically, you could be living in one part of the city and then you go across the street and you're in one part of the county. That's just how crazy our boundaries are. But if we see ourselves as being one community, instead of saying, oh, those black folks out there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, or we making distinctions between ourselves, which is often used to diminish the power that we have when we start making distinctions like, well, you know, that's right. On Randallstown, they don't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the water source might be a little different in Baltimore County, but that doesn't mean it's colder. Let's go back to the phone lines and hear what you got to say about this. 410-319-8888. Uh, Donna, talk to me. What's your take on this, ma'am? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Well, um, the couple questions I have. Yeah. It, Baltimore County, well, first of all, Baltimore County is older than Baltimore City. So the Baltimore County line actually started downtown somewhere around Franklin Street. And, yeah. and as the annexation continued, it ended around in the mid-1940s. And it so, included some parts of North Avenue, I found out, Donna. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's round, cause I, yeah, because I saw the maps. And yeah. I, you know, but I'm just saying, so when people say, oh, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, I said Baltimore City was born out of Baltimore County, and that's because of the maritime industry. Um, and Baltimore City decided to become um, its own incorporated uh, um, entity instead of being part of Baltimore County. So to go on, um, Baltimore, what what's going on in Baltimore County with the stop is no better than Prince George's County, which is worse. Because oh. you can get stopped in Prince George's County because they still got the same problems they've had for the last 20 years with their consent decree and their stopping and their shooting. They've done the same thing that happened in Baltimore City. Actually, Prince George County was probably the first that actually came out with the um, police brutality, shootings, stuff like that. Yeah. So this is nothing new. Second, um, I like to know what zip codes. I like to know what areas. I guarantee it's going to be Randallstown, Woodlawn, <laughs> areas of predominantly black. Yep. Also, we get a lot of people from Baltimore County, Howard County, um, Anne Arundel County to go into Baltimore County because they know they have family who lives there yep. and vice versa. Yep. So what, the, I mean, how's the data broken down when they stop the African-Americans? What, where they do they live? That's my question. That's, so that's, I want to see more breakdown of where the people they stop live because I can't believe all of them live in Baltimore County because um, that would raise the suspicion too. So, 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 Donna, and I think if, if people knew you, Donna, as, as long as I've known you, uh -huh. you are a data woman. Well, <laughs> yeah. You are a data wonky. You know what right, I mean? Right. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh -huh. <laughs> you love that. No, no, and, and, and here's why I'm saying not to say that you not to try to diminish what you just said. I'm just simply saying because the data for you 
adds to creating the context on how we should move forward. Right. Also, Baltimore County, um, okay, when, when, they, when, when they look at these um, license tags, and remember, let's say, for instance, they're specifically targeting African-American males and women in Baltimore County yeah. residents. Um, they have all the information in their database of young people between a certain age who have, um, um, who have had issues in school, yeah. uh, you know, behavior issues in school where they had to do some arrest or, you know, social service issues or whatever. So, I, you know, I would like to see the data broken down more. Who are they targeting? I mean, are they do, are the arrests, when they do arrest, are they because of drug possession, under an influence, alcohol, whatever, speeding, suspended license, which is, you'll find most young people between the ages of 18 and 35 will have either driving with a suspended license, driving without a license, driving on a, um, uh, under, uh, you, know, uh, you know, whatever, driving a parent's car, whatever. So, um, because, you know, young people run brand bunches. They will, oh, mom, can I take your car out? Yeah. Or if they do have their own car, they let the license expire. And they're driving with a fire license or a tag or something. No, so, no, I mean, there are so many issues, but yeah. I wouldn't get upset about it until we really see a total breakdown. But my final point is, Prince George's County, you can go out Prince George's County and still get pulled over. Facts. And their police force is still racist because it's still predominantly white, and the black police officers out there are still suing, saying the same thing. So, um, you know, I want to see the comparison of how many stops they make in Prince George's County versus Baltimore County. All right, because let me stop you right there, because you bring up an excellent point. I want to stop right. you right there, and, all, and as always, Don, I appreciate you. All right, sure. Uh, let's let let's take let's take a look at this, and then I'm gonna get back to the phone line four one zero three one nine eighty eight eighty eight. According to this report, minority drivers were cited more and arrested more often than white motorists last year. Black drivers who were pulled over were issued a citation twenty seven percent of the time, while thirty four percent of Hispanic drivers stopped were cited most often for registration and failure to follow traffic laws. So you got to throw Latinos, Hispanic community into the mix of this. So this is black and brown. Among white drivers who were stopped, 23% were cited. So Latinos, the Hispanic community, 34%. Black folks, 27%. White folks, 23%. In 2019, 60% of all citations, and 57% of arrests involved black drivers, according to the county's own data. You gotta love, you gotta love this stuff, man. You gotta love the fact that they, they gotta keep record of this stuff. They also showed that minority drivers made up two-thirds of traffic arrests last year. Black drivers accounted for 61% of the total 571 arrests. Wow. While white drivers were 31% of arrests and Hispanic drivers 5%. Look at that. Look at that shift there. That shift between white and Hispanic drivers. But blacks, black folks, we still at the top. Here's some of the big reasons why. Expired registration. Reckless driving and operating improper equipment, meaning... You didn't, you know, you got cars, you got people that's driving cars that they, they're not registered to. Well, the most likely reason black drivers were arrested last year, among Hispanic motorists, a quarter of arrests were because of moving violations and other stops. White drivers who were arrested were mostly booked for reckless driving. Boom. I hope that gives you a little bit more to work with, folks as we talk about this issue, driving while black in Baltimore County. 410-319-8888. All right, buddy, talk to me. First caller, we were talking about the age difference in um, Baltimore County. And, um, like, like he know him because the people from the city drive to the county. It's more, it's, it's like, if you see something on the news and you hear about young folks have accidents, it's most likely... The Caucasian guys who got they just got their license in most county schools that got their new drivers are 16, 
17 years old. They're still drinking, going to prom and everything. But like you say, it's, it's, it, should, it should be racial profile on who they pulling over because when you hear most of the accidents out there, it's either young Caucasian kids have accidents and stuff like that. But just being pulled over to be pulled over and us as uh, elderly black men, why wouldn't we see a police? Some people are so scared to go past the police when they see a police car. I blow the horn at them and everything, man, you know, because they they, they, they got to follow their rights too. You know, and I ain't afraid of them, and I ain't slowing down and all that because I see a county police car because I know I ain't out there doing nothing wrong. Well, and you know what, buddy? And and I can can appreciate that. I think some people have a legitimate legitimate reason to be afraid. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the, like the power dynamic between police and, and motorists is, is is real. Say it again. Right. And you never know what's gonna happen on the pullover because see, if you if your cameras ain't running, with with they four headed body cameras running, it's always been word of mouth until they've been catching these last few on camera to prove that what they were saying didn't match their story. And I mean, you're right. The problem becomes that all of that happens if something either hurtful or even fatal happens to you as the driver. You see what I'm saying? That part yeah. of the conversation then takes place. But when you're in the midst of an interaction with an officer as a black motorist, you have to have a, 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 the, the mindset that you are going to go home, so you, you, you must do what needs to be done to ensure that you reach that goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because you don't want to make a situation and you you know, you blow it up out of proportion and so the the officer is scared. And then you might be feeling some uncertainty, some discomfort and you might be afraid as well. And then out of fear, out of, you know, just oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And you know, I mean, it could it could be an ugly situation. You know what and I right. know it, right? And I just seen cuz I I just came out here in the county just now. But I just seen on my way out here near Security Boulevard, it was an officer helping a sister change her tire. And I mean, you you going to have that? You yeah. feel what I'm saying? And I'm not saying. And, and, and I mean, and I appreciate yeah. you, buddy. Thank you so much for 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 sharing your insight and, and bringing that up. You are going to have that. That doesn't mean that every officer that pulls over a black person is going to just be, you know, just profiling you. But what it does say, and I'm saying what this data does speak to, is the fact that the likelihood of you getting pulled over is much higher than it is for you for white motorists. That means that we, as black motorists, have to make sure that we are following the directions, adhering to the traffic rules, making sure that our license and registration and all that stuff, if you have your sons and your daughters, your nieces and nephews, I mean, we just got to be on our P's and Q's, as they say. That's what it comes down to. All right, let's go back to the phone line. Hear what you got to say, Daniel. Thank you for your patience. What's your take? Elijah, doing good. Um, I, you know, I used to actually I used to work um, around some of these data sources, so I could uh, give a little insight. So, in terms of like the age breakdown, that's basically the age breakdown that's going to come from like your driver's license. So usually it's like you know, it could be like sixteen to one hundred and ten or so, um, unless you know you have like you know you're driving under age. Yeah. Um, but the main thing, just from the report, um, the main thing I want to, uh, you know, talk about today is just like the dynamic in both enforcement, the dynamic in enforcement between the county and the city. So let's use like, uh, you know, tinted vehicles for an example. You know, in the city, I can see I see people with, you know, their windshields, they're tinted like like 20 percent. They're almost like completely dark. Um, you come out into the county in an area where the cops aren't enforcing that stuff in the city, but the cops out here, they're going to enforce that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's one, that's like one thing. It's like there's certain behaviors tolerated in the city that aren't going to be tolerated in the county for better or worse. I think that the main problem is like the cult in terms of like a cultural issue that maybe we need to look at is, you know, you have Baltimore County, they're acting as like the guardians of the county against, you know, the evil people of Baltimore City. Facts, I mean, yeah. I think, I think we got to, I think that's like the most legitimate thing that comes out of the report is how 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 much of a problem is that and, you know, what can be done about it, um, if anything, so that everybody's treated the same way. Hey, that's hey, all hey I got. Daniel, yes, I think you hit the nail on your head, on the head, brother. I think that's a, that's a huge part of it, right? 
And I think that's a cultural point that not only has uh, uh, law enforcement embraced, that's a narrative that we as, as, as residents have embraced as well. Yes, sir. That's a good you, point. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yep. Like, if you come from Baltimore City, Maryland will make you feel like coming from Baltimore City that there is a badge of shame. You got a scarlet letter B on your chest. B.C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? Yep. It will make you feel like you are the bottom of the barrel. And, and listen, I'm saying as a state, it's like you go to other parts of the state, you're like, I'm from Baltimore City. They're like, uh. Yeah, like go out to Hartford County. It's the Baltimore, I think the Baltimore County one seems bad. It would be even worse out there. Right. I mean, and, I, and I'm going to share with, with folks, and Daniel, uh, I appreciate you, brother. For, for yeah, no re- problem. Um, I'm going to share with you that this is not the first time, folks, that we've been seeing this type of um, this type of response and behavior all across the state of Maryland. There is data out there that shows that black people across the state of Maryland, whether you're in a Howard County, Anne Arundel County, that we have been stopped. I'm going to share with you some of the details of that data, but I want to get some more calls in. Uh, let's go to uh, Sherry in Baltimore. Sherry, thank you for checking in. What's your take? Hello, Verizon. Hi, Miss Sherry. How you doing? Yes, you're right. But you know where my main thing is, what we need to take it with? What's that? Hell insurance. The city get robbed for everything. Car insurance. I came from Howard County and changed my residence to the city, and my insurance went up $200. Dang. And it's a fact that most of your accidents happening in Baltimore City are coming from people through other counties. Wow. That's what I wish one day we address. Thank you for that. Thank you, Miss Sherry. I think that's absolutely. Let me just tell you something about these insurance companies. This is just a quick rant, man. Let me tell you, like these insurance companies, man. They, <sighs> Dre, these insurance companies, car insurance companies, man. I mean, they just. I know this is a family. This is a family show, so I can't really describe how they treat people, but boys, no Vaseline. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I, it's, it's, it's criminal. It's, it legitimately, it's criminal how these insurance, car insurance companies will, will, because of, let me tell you, the first thing they look at, folks, is your credit. They look at your zip code. They look at the type of car that you drive. Right? Of course, they look at your driving record. Even if you don't have any accidents, you're a 25-year-old black man who live in 21217, 21215. You drive a black Dodge Charger. They're going to ask you questions. Are the uh, uh, tents on the Charger? Yep, drug dealer. They profile you just through that, and then because you are, quote-unquote, high risk, you're going to pay for it. It's criminal. It's criminal. Let's go back to the line. Gilbert from Randallstown. Gilbert, do you agree or disagree? What, what's your take since you are a resident of Baltimore County? Uh, yes, and, and I, I just want to make a comment. Uh, and um, first I want to say before I make the comment is this. Uh, I believe that uh, most people are mis- they're not looking at this uh, in the right way. We are prey. We're easy targets. Mm. The police that stop us already have our information. They know who we are. They know we're black. And they know exactly how to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, I know that the police department, uh, uh, young people that are police uh, in the department, uh, you got to get your fame. So you got to determine how many people you stop and all of this, how many arrests. You're talking about that quota. That's right. It's a quota. Right. Uh, Now, that's that's just my comment. I was just stopped about two Sundays ago, and I live far out in Baltimore County, driving down Liberty Road that had a a police car behind me from Rolling Road all the way down to almost St. Luke's Lane. They pulled me over. Because I had a bulb out. I pulled over. The next thing I know, I've got three young white people, police cars, and they're calling other people because I have a bulb, a, a, a light, a stop light bulb out on my car. Mm. And I'm thinking, what, why do I have to go through this? 
you know, and I, the woman never said to me why she uh, pulled me over. And anyway, the, the, the story is I, I went to the uh, Baltimore County uh, Police Department, uh, showed that I, I pulled right up and put a bulb in the car. So I showed that all this was done. And I made a comment to her. I said, it was just a bulb out. Why did I have to go through all this? Right. The woman, she couldn't explain it to me. So, so, uh, so, I mean, with, uh, in that interaction, brother, did you, did you feel like, um, was there any sort of uh, violation? Was there any sort of uh, inappropriate behavior happening? Uh, yes. And, and the inappropriate behavior was the fact that she walked up to my car, and the first thing I asked her was, why are you pulling me over? She had her hand on her gun. That's that's common. Give me your identification. She said that twice. I think that's a practice. I think that's a practice. If I'm not mistaken, I think that is a practice of any police officer when they're walking up to a vehicle. But aren't they supposed to tell you why they're stopping you? No, no doubt. Absolutely. She never did. Gotcha. When she walked back to my car to give me the information, she said, "You have a you one of your stoplights are out." But on the report, which I have right here in my car, I had to stop him. I had to stop and wait to make this comment. On the report, it just said, rear lights out. Right. She gave you a work order or she gave you a ticket? Yeah. No, she didn't give me a ticket. Okay. She gave me a repair order. Yeah. So I drove right up to the, uh, the uh, what is it, the auto place? Yes, sir. Border above. Put it in, and it was done. So, so the other police officers that were on the scene, did they were they did they pull out their flashlights? Did they look into the back of your vehicle? Oh uh, no, but I, I'll tell you what I did. I, I said, look, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the rear of my car. If she's giving me something to say that this was the problem, yeah. I want you to tell me. I want you to get out of your cars, come and show me. I made them get out of their cars and show me that it was the rear light. Gotcha. But and, it didn't matter. Yeah. Because I was prey. <laughs> hey, hey, Daniel, I, I, I got to let you go, but I, I think that your point is very, very well taken, and I'm so happy to hear that even though you had that interaction, it didn't go to a, a, a crazy space. Um, because, unfortunately, it just takes something as, ser- as simple as a real light being out to being a fatality. And I, and, and, and I hope and pray that, that that never happens to any one of us but we know that it can happen, especially if officers aren't, um, they are not uh, uh, cognizant. If you have an officer or if you're dealing with an officer that is, a, you know, just completely um, not even aware of the environment that we live, the culture that we live, you know what I mean? I've had an officer pull me over in the county. White officer had his face mask on. Excuse me, sir. My name is Officer Such and Such So and So. Um, I'm pulling you over for this for this reason. Can you explain to me what happened? I told him. He said, "Yes, sir. I hear you. May I have your license and registration?" He ran my stuff. Came back. I appreciate your honesty. I'm just going to issue a warning. Blah blah blah. I mean, it was a simple interaction. And I had to keep my cool, you know what I'm saying? Because I got my family in the car, so I had to keep my cool about the whole situation. And, you know, I'm just like, hey, this is what it is, you know? But I, 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 I'm, I think that officer, because he also said, sir, I also, just to let you know, I have my body cam on. So here's an officer who I think understands what the, the culture is right now. But you may not have officers who are like that. And I could tell he was a little bit on edge, just a little bit, you know what I mean? He's stopping a young, I mean, you know, he's stopping a black, young black man over, you know, I could tell. But I, I, I'm always of the mindset, I'm not going to give myself up on a silver platter. Uh-uh. I'm going to do all that I can to achieve the ultimate goal, which is to go home, which is to go to my destination. So I'm going to oblige by the rules. I'm going to make sure that you see my hands. I'm going to make sure that my voice is in a, in a space where it's calm. 
I'm not going to, you know, you want me to step out the car? Okay, Officer Max, you know, what's going on? You know, and I mean, we, and I'm just saying, and, and, and yes, folks, there's some who say, well, why should we need to do all that? It's very simple. <laughs> it's very simple. Because we're black. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're seen as threats. You know what I mean? In these interactions. So we can act like those things aren't happening. We can act like, oh, my gosh. Why would they pull me over? I'm a black man in a suit. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's better for us to operate from a space of reality, of reality rather than from a space of fantasy. Let's not operate as from a place where where things should be versus where things are. Because if we do that, then we're going to find our actions to be out of sorts, not on time, based on the moment that we're in. And the greatest moment that we're in is that we're trying to walk away from the interaction with police officers with our minds and our bodies still intact. All I tell her, I'm going home tonight. So what would you like to know from me, officer? Because whatever you're asking for is not, it does not supersede my desire to see my wife and children. It's just that simple. So if I got to step out the car, if I got to show you some information, you know what I mean? Whatever you need to do is not going to supersede my desire to see my wife and children for that night. No, uh-uh. I'm not playing no games with you know, these folks, man. And we got to make sure, and I get it, this can be a level of, of this can be a very triggering uh, engagement for a lot of our people. But we got to find a way to stay calm and making sure that we get the, 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 the we, we, we have the right mindset when we're dealing with police officers. Folks, I got to take another pause when we come back. We're going to get more of your calls. Join me, 410-319-8888. Post on my Facebook page as we're broadcasting live. And then I'm going to share with you some other details to look at. This is not just Baltimore County in Maryland, folks. There are other counties that have an issue with black motorists. Let's talk about how we're going to address this issue. 410-319-8888. Stay riding with us. It's For the Culture on WEAA.